6. Amplified version says, There came a man, everyone say a man. A man sent from God whose name was John. So I like that because it's saying, There came a man from God whose name was John. Okay. What I like about that as well, is straight after that in verse 7 it says, um, This man, man came to witness. He came to testify so that people would believe. But how did, how did the message of God come? Through John, a man. God always uses a man to speak to us as well. Or a woman. Or a video. <laughs> okay? What I'm saying is that the, the, the package of how God brings it isn't always the same way. Or it's not an angel. Okay? So, like, sometimes you get, like, uh, 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 you'll get a, like, we, we're going to have, a, today is a, a, what we call build, build the house. Okay? Build the house Sunday. So, we're going to have a video, which all the churches have watched today. Um, it was, um, it had Albanian subtitles in Albania today, and it had uh, Dutch su subtitles in, um, where were we? Belgium. Okay? I automatically wanted to say Netherlands, but th that's wrong. <laughs> uh, in Belgium. And so, like, everybody's watched this because we're one church with one heart on one mission. And this is just a message from myself. I'm not going to try and repeat it word for word, so rather watch the video. But it's a message from myself on behalf of the campus, um, of the campus pastors, the central elders, to uh, uh, kind of share heart with the churches about what we feel God's saying to us for the year. And uh, so it's just an encouraging message just to unite us and bring us together uh, on a Sunday like this. And then afterwards, there's a couple of things that we, we will get into after that. And uh, Sumi is also going to be sharing some. And so there you've got a woman sent by God with a message. And so you know, the important thing is, is with the video and then with Sumi, it's like uh, if you don't receive the video and Sumi as sent by God with a message for you, you are wrong. Amen? <laughs> That's the message. Amen. Hello, Grace Life, and welcome to 2024. Shane Holsgrove here, uh, Central uh, Elder, um, representing the Central Eldership team. And uh, I wanted to just, uh, first of all, start off by wishing you a happy new year. I know it's February, and we started the year. But, um, you know, as a ministry, we usually take... Um, a Sunday around this time of the year, just for me as the lead pastor, just to send you guys a message uh, to also just tell you a bit about um, the year ahead, what we feel on our hearts as central leadership. So, you know, we kicked off the year as central elders, myself, um, um, you know, Marna and I, and then Chart and um, um, from Piketburg, um, uh, Etienne uh, from Tigerburg. And Peter from uh, Stellenbosch, we got together and we were just praying together and, and, um, and just seeing like what is on God's heart for us as a ministry, as a, as a family of churches for the year ahead. And, you know, after that, we spent two evenings together with all the campus pastors. Um, online, we had uh, Albania with us. We had Blankenberger from Belgium with us uh, for the first time, which was exciting. And we had Sol Solaris Pass with us as well. And we were all just um, then just sharing with them about uh, the, the year ahead and praying together as well. And, and now this is our opportunity to share some of those things with you. And, you know, we're not necessarily sharing specific plans um, in, in that nothing really is changing. We're doing what we know always to do. But the theme that we felt the Lord give us for this year is build the house build the house. And so I just wanted to take a moment to share with you about how we want to build the house together with you. And we want to invite you to build the house with us. So what do we mean by the house? Firstly, we're going we're gonna to look at that uh, within a couple of verses together. So, you know, I think when I say build the house, I was uh, thinking about this when I was preparing and I realized a lot of different ideas would come up uh, for different people. One of the first ideas that would, might come up for you is from uh, Psalm 127 verse 1, which says, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor in vain build it. Now, 
Um, another verse, before I, I comment on that, that comes up for a lot of people is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus says to Peter, uh, uh, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I remember years back where I was in a leadership meeting and uh, I was asking the question of how can we build the church this year? And, you know, that's something that we as leaders often ask ourselves is how can we reach more people? How can we uh, disciple pe more people? And how can we build the family, the church more? So we were looking at how can we build the church? And, you know, someone piped up and said, you know, except the Lord build the house, the, the, they that labor, labor in vain. And they also said, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. I think we need to get out of the way and allow Jesus to build his church. And the sentiment that that carries is we must just come and Jesus will do the rest. And I want to start off this year by um, encouraging you, if you have that view, you need to change that view. Because that, that's an incorrect view of how Jesus wants to build what we are doing here. Okay, What God is doing through us as Grace Life. You know, we're, we're called to uh, uh, take the, the message of the gospel around the world. And part of our aim, our vision, our desire is to help people discover the reality of Christianity. That it's not just a religion. It's not just a, a way of life. It's not just a this or a that, but it's life. And it's something that he wants for all of us to experience. <clears throat> but part of that is building a family, building a local family, which will help to accomplish that. So, you know, if we, if we look at um, the, the, when Jesus said, um, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's not saying that upon Peter, he's going to build the, the, the church, but he's saying upon this revelation that Peter had. What was the revelation? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail with uh, explaining those verses to you. But I want to show you where Jesus built the church. Okay, that first verse in Psalm says, except the Lord build the house. Now, what is the house? What is the house of God? Think about it for a moment. John chapter 14 shows us um, that, um, well, let, let, let me look at it. It's, uh, it's important. John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. A lot of people get out of that, that there's a mansion waiting for me in heaven. And I'm not going to get into all of that right now, but I'm going to say that one day you'll be disappointed if you're looking for your mansion. Okay? If you look at John 14, verse 2, and what Jesus is saying, He's saying, in my Father's house are many mansions. You can't find a, a house with mansions in it. So the, this verse is symbol, symbolic. It's talking of something. And he's saying, in my Father's house, in the body of Christ, in my Father's house, in the family of God, in the church, are many mansions. The mansions are the dwelling place of God. So in the family of God, the local, in, in the church, there are dwelling places for God. You and I are the mansions. You and I are the dwelling places of God. So you know, in the Greek, the, the word mansions gives the idea of a permanent dwelling place. And we know that he doesn't live in buildings made of stone, but he lives in us. So this is what we need to see, is that except the, the Lord build the house, Okay, how did the Lord build his house? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of uh, Jesus, which allowed for the Holy Spirit to come and indwell believers. So now because of the, we are the dwelling place of God, we are the house together of God. So this is saying, except the Lord build the house, the, they that labor, labor in vain. So that's saying that if you're laboring, if you're striving to become a dwelling place of God, to attract the presence of God and to be where the presence of God is at, it's going to come to nothing because that's not how God works. You're laboring in vain if you're trying to get the presence of God to come and for the presence of God to be. The Lord had to prepare or build the house for the Spirit of God to be there. 
How did he do that? Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, God has made a way for his spirit to come and dwell in us. And now believers are the dwelling place, the mansions of God. Together we are his house, the church. So he has built the house. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. If you look at that other verse um, in Matthew where it says, um, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Think about that phrase for a moment. Jesus is speaking before his death, his burial, and his resurrection. What is he saying? He's not saying, hey guys, I'm going to get some bricks and I'm going to build the church. He's not saying, I'm going to build the church, a building. We know that he's talking about a people, a community, a family. Okay? But do you know what this verse is saying is really that he's not... He's not really building the church today like that. He is in a way and he isn't. Not the way that we think. We think just become part of the church, sit back and let God bring people. Let God grow people. Do you know that God is not the one who brings people. You are the one that brings people. You help to build the house by bringing people. Okay, that's the first, and I, I think that's important in that statement for you to see. The other thing I want to show you there is that, okay, so you, God is not the one who brings people, we are, but also, yes, God is involved in growing people, but God is not the one who grows people. We are. If we want to look at what spiritual growth is and how spiritual growth happens, we have to look at Ephesians chapter 4, 11 onwards, which says that he gave leadership giftings in the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to grow them for ministry, so that they would grow to become mature, so that they would grow so that they're no longer children tossed to and fro. So leadership in the local church, leadership's responsibility is to grow you. God won't grow you. He's given that responsibility to the leaders in the church. And then we all mature to the place where we help other people grow. Okay? So... When Jesus is saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, he's talking before the resurrection, before uh, 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 the birth of the church at Pentecost. And what he's saying is, uh, is that he was prophesying about that time when he would build his church. So he's given birth to the church at Pentecost. The church exists. He's built his church. And now he continues to build the church like this. Okay, 1 Peter 2 verse 5. Ye also are lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. So it's not a physical house, it's a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we are um, living stones, lively stones. So how do we build the church when people receive Christ and they become born again, they become a living stone and our part in helping those people to become saved is helping to build the church. Then, you know, um, uh, we, we, we know the verse well in uh, Grace Life um, you know, uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 2, this is good and acceptable in the eyes of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved. So God's will is all men to be saved, all men to become living stones. And to come to a knowledge of the truth, to become mature in Christ. So our part in helping to build the house is that we would be reaching out to people, the lost, helping them to receive Christ. Then they become living stones and then we help them mature as believers, help them come to a, 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 a revelation of the knowledge of truth. Now, how do we do that second part? Okay, we do that second part, helping them come to a knowledge of the truth. We help them do that by becoming part of the house, part of the family. The, and for us, obviously, the, the church is, in, is made up worldwide of every true believer in Christ. And right now, Grace Life is part of the worldwide church. So if you're a believer and you're part of us, you're not just part of Grace Life. You're part of the worldwide church of God, which includes 
people even sometimes in the Catholic Church. There's some born-again Catholics, Catholics who don't uh, just go through rituals, but actually have believed on Jesus for this, their salvation. And so we're part of the worldwide church, but we build the worldwide church by building the local church. The local church is a family. And so I want to encourage you this year and invite you to focus on helping us build the family. It's not just building the house, although that's what we're saying, but it's building the family. Okay, so, you know, when we say we're building the house or building the family, what we're talking about is, number one, we might need buildings. We need buildings, okay? You know, at all of our campuses, really, amen, we need buildings. Uh, we need good buildings, but we're not here about buildings. We can operate in a shed, <laughs> amen? We can operate in a rented venue. We can operate under a tree if the weather helps us. But the point is, it's, it, it, buildings are important, but that's not our aim and main focus. The aim is kingdom. And this kingdom is an unseen kingdom. This kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And so by building the house, we are first and foremost talking about investing into people. I want to invite you to consider, how can you invest into people this year? What do we mean by investing into people? Helping them get saved. Give to missions giving to your local church. Maybe a good New Year's resolution for some is uh, how can I aim to increase my giving to the kingdom? So we invest into people through evangelism, through giving to our local church so they can continue. But we also uh, invest into people through discipleship, helping them come to a knowledge of the truth. We do that by giving into the local church, which disciples me and disciples you and disciples each other. Um, but it's also by actually being a disciple. And we need to unpack that and see what that is. So we need to invest into people. Um, another way we invest into people is, so we invest into people through evangelism. We invest into people through discipleship. Ephesians 1.15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto the saints, your love unto all the saints. Other verses say the same thing. And what blesses me with that is it's showing firstly that faith can be seen. There's a good question to challenge yourself with this year. Can my faith be seen? Second question to challenge yourself with this year is it, it says that love can be seen. So he's heard or seen about the love towards all the saints. Is your love for the saints heard about? Do people talk about your love for believers, for the church, for the people in grace life, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to consider these things. How am I loving those in the family? We're called to love the family before we're called to love anyone outside the family. So we are inviting you to help us by investing into people. Financially, yes. Of your time, yes. Of yourself, yes. Of your treasures, your, your abilities, your talents, yes. We're inviting you to build community. How do we build community? You need to ask yourself, how can I help to build community this year? You can build community through a life group. You can build community by reaching out to other people. Ask them to go for, for Sunday lunch with you. I challenge you to ask someone to do that that you haven't done it with before. You, you, we, we help to build community by loving and caring for one another. If someone's in need, by supporting them, okay? There's different ways that we help to build community, build relationship. The community gathers around the Word. We gather around the Word so that we can grow. We grow together as a family for the purpose, and growing is discipleship, but we grow for the purpose of going into all the world to reach people and make disciples. Now, we, we, we gather to grow. That's talking about discipleship. So I want to challenge you with the thought of, number one, how can I help build the community? Number two, how can I help, how can I personally grow as a disciple this year? Ministry school. There's a great way to grow. If you've done ministry school, the Leadership Academy, that's a great way to grow. You can grow through uh, uh, um, going to a Bible study. You can go, grow in many different ways, okay? But grow as a disciple. And then also ask yourself, who can I help to grow as a disciple this year? 
Maybe lead a life group, reach out to a, an unbeliever, reach out to a baby believer, help them grow in the knowledge of the truth. This year, we're also going to have tools for you to help you disciple others. We're busy working on that. And um, your campus pastor will tell you more about that. I'll tell you a little bit more in a, in a sec. But ask yourself, how can I be part of discipleship more this year? And then, you know, so we gather around the word and we gather together around the word, which is community, in order to grow, which is discipleship, in order to go, which is mission. Go into all the world, go into your world in order to live out our purpose as believers. Okay, and there's many ways that you can do that. There's many opportunities at your campus and in the ministry to do that. And I want to challenge you to step into more of what God's called you to in this year. So today, another thing I wanted to just uh, highlight is we are celebrating with many students. Um, I actually should have looked at how many, but we're celebrating with the graduates of Grace Life Ministry School 2023. So, you know, at your campus, if there were any graduates, anyone who did Grace Life Ministry School last year, your campus pastor is going to call them forward. We're going to celebrate them. We're going to give them a certificate. Um, and um, I trust that it stirs you up to consider doing ministry school this year because there'll be an opportunity for you to do it. And remember, for Grace Life, it's free because we want to equip you. It's a service that we have to our family. So I want to encourage you and challenge you to consider how am I investing into people? How am I building community? And how am I part of disciple making? You're blessed. Have a wonderful service. And I trust, or we can, we can trust together, 2024 is going to be a year of more of what God has for us. Great. Hi, everybody. Um, it's very awesome to see all your faces this evening. <laughs> Hello, Jamie, as well. Um, yeah, so today, um, after we watched, I'm um, oh, so sorry. So first, I want to say thank you. Uh, to Jane and Marna for this awesome opportunity um, to share with you all this evening. Um, I trust um, that there will be something for you that God wants to speak. So, yeah. And then thank you, Shane, for inviting us all to build the house together, uh, like we saw in the video. Um, that's a great opportunity for all of us. So I was thinking about it um, after I watched the video uh, a little bit literally. <coughs> Um, about building a house and thinking how ill-equipped I would be to build an actual house. Uh, I'm not graced with the ability of upper body strength to do so, or the ability, so I wouldn't, yeah, the real house. <laughs> then I thought about how many of us maybe watched the video and thought the same thing, but with regard to building family. Um, we start looking at and disqualifying ourselves. Um, I don't have enough to give, or the right tools, or personality, fill in the blank. <laughs> um, but when Jesus called the disciples, he called ordinary people to follow him. Fishermen. Um, when we as ordinary people say yes to Jesus, people get to see the extraordinary love of God and his ability operate in us and through us. So we read in Luke 10, verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, sorry, uh, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. When we start looking at ourselves for qualification in the kingdom of builders, that's when we have stopped looking at Jesus. Sure. 2 Corinthians 5.21 reminds us, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus qualifies you. 2 Corinthians 3.6 shows us this. Our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus was the moment you were qualified to begin. Sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> the moment 
that you put your faith in Jesus is the moment that you were qualified to begin inviting people in and building the family. Family is a good, safe place to be. You can experience God's love if you humble yourself to let it be. Yet family also challenges you. You are challenged by people who see the gold in you and call it out. I know when I began serving with Grace Life, I thought I was doing a great job <laughs> of caring for people until I started learning from and watching how it was done. I saw how pastors cared for the flock and went the extra mile, two miles, <laughs> and I was challenged in that. So it was an invitation for me to grow. When I started joining here at Rhonda Bosch, I saw how Shane and Marna loved and served the people without any expectation, and I knew that I needed to learn from them. What does care and love look like, you might ask. So let's go to the word. <laughs> I always wanted to say that. Um, in Luke 10, 30 to 37, we read about the Good Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And Jesus said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Why should we show love to those who can't show love back to us? 1 John 4, 19 to 21 explains this well. We love him, God, because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. We cannot give what we don't have. We cannot grow in love with Jesus, and from that place, well, sorry, we grow in love with Jesus, and from that place, we get to reach out and be Jesus, and he gets the glory. I would gently add to the awesome generosity in the Good Samaritan story and ask, if we did this for someone, would we then glorify God by sharing the gospel with that person and perhaps discipling them into the truth as well? That would be the fully loving thing to do. We share truth with our brothers and sisters because we want them, we want to see them set free. And it is the most loving thing we can do. Last year I experienced, many of you know this, that I experienced the earthly loss of my dad. And it has been a very difficult, challenging journey and year I'm just dealing with that grief and loss. And yes, even though, praise God, I know where my dad is and he is safe, I remember see receiving a message from Shane at the time, and it was a scripture that blessed me so much. It was from Hebrews 12, verse 1, and this is what it says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that he set before us. He said, this is Shane now, <laughs> he, can give me a, he will give me a hug when he sees me to comfort me. 
And he said, and he did give me a hug when he saw me, but more than that, he gave me the truth. And he reminded me that my dad was now part of the cloud of witnesses cheering me on. And that brought me so much comfort and peace at the time. I remember speaking to Marna at the time, and she said she wishes she could be there and give me a hug. But she's sending her love and her best to me, Shane, <laughs> to do the funeral. And this is the difference between just loving and going that extra mile. And I hope that they will not mind me sharing this, um, but Shane flew to Joburg, stayed at a hotel, all at his own expense to be there and support me at a time that I really needed. And that was just such an awesome example for me of being supported and loved by the body in an especially difficult time of need. We see 2 Corinthians 7 verse 6, Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. So I think what Shane said earlier as well, God sends a man. God sends a person. I want to leave you with a question to consider. Do you value and truly understand God's love and what he did for you and what happened when you said yes to Jesus? If you don't, Consider growing in the knowledge of what you already have. The world tells you to love things and to use people, whereas the kingdom of God and his family invites you to use your things to show people their true value and worth in Christ. Not only has God called you and equipped you, but he has given you his very spirit and ability to help you overcome those hard, seemingly impossible things. Then he invited you into family to grow and love and be part of. We get to choose how much a part of it we want to be. I want to repeat that again. We get to choose how much a part of that we want to be. I had to get over myself a lot and my pride. And the quicker we do it, the better. Because pride really does frustrate the grace of God and what God wants to do in us and through us. I will end with this amazing reminder from 1 John 3, 16 to 18 that says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. So I'd just like to pray for us and just, um, yeah, just pray for us for that. Thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, um, yeah, this word meets us in many different places, but I thank you that you meet us where we are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for family. And I just thank you for, yeah, that you like you're working in each and every heart, your Lord. We just thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Just think about it for a moment, like uh, something that stood out for you from the message as a whole. Um, and I'm just going to ask maybe for three people to share. And then I just want to finish off there. But uh, three things. Go for it, Lucas. Pride frustrates the grace of God. I think that's worth commenting on. Uh, I don't know what situations you, you, you were talking about, but I think we can all understand that and agree that we've experienced that in some way. Otherwise, we're experiencing it right now <laughs> and not knowing it because we're in pride. But uh, it's really just like God, the blessing of God is never withheld from us. We're never not in His blessing as believers. Um, but what happens is if we're in pride saying, you know, no, 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 I want it like this, or uh, it has to be like that, or I disagree with this, or whatever it is, the word, or, you know, just the way things are, whatever, um, we kind of, all we're doing is we're just putting up an umbrella to stop the blessing uh, uh, from touching us, from, we're not experiencing it, we're not receiving. And, and so that's why it's like grace can't flow where there's pride. And so that's why it's always important that we stay humble. Uh, part of humility is teachability. Like if our hearts are ever reached the place where we're not teachable. 
Uh, you know, um, there's that verse, I was going to bring it up just now for a different reason. But Paul writes to Timothy and says, you know, to, to, to choose faithful men to teach others also. Faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He's talking about uh, 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 raising up and releasing leaders. And he says, you've got to choose um, faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. By the, it says, shall be able to teach, meaning they're also learning. Because you can't teach unless you've learned. So it's showing you in a humility. So that was a great point that Sumi brought up. Another one? Go for it to Anna. I can't see the hand so well there. There we go. Anna! <laughs> Yeah. But you said low rangers get shots and it's true. Like yeah. literally cannot, I don't know how people Community is key. And yeah, what, what I hope also came out in, in, in what I was sharing was just the thing of um, how um, what we gather as a community to grow as a community, to go as a community. And so um, community is not the aim. Going is. That, 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 that's important for us to see because a lot of people worship community and just want to have community and let's just stay like this forever. I mean, in the first year of Grace Life, we had someone say to us, and I mean, when we first started, we were smaller than this. <laughs> and uh, after a year, we were about 40 people. And I remember someone saying to me, um, I really just wish this will stay like this forever. Like we won't grow bigger than this. Just, this is just so amazing. I'm enjoying it so much. And I said, well, you know, they're no longer with us. They didn't hang around as we grew. Uh, but the, the point is, I said, we're going to grow. As we reach people, they're going to want to come. Like, you're going to have to get used to it, you know. It can't stay like this. Uh, uh, and um, uh, uh, the point is, it's like the pur- there's a purpose for community. Community is not the purpose. We love each other, amen. But there's a purpose for it. It's to grow together so we can be a blessing to other people. Another one? Last one? Go for it, Janesh. God chose ordinary people. I like that. The fishermen, and yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that too, and it's a, it's a great point. The, I don't, he didn't really ever choose a king in the New Testament. <laughs> you know, a politician. <laughs> He's very special. But, but like he chose a, 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 a tax collector. You know, a simple, ordinary people, which is really a profound uh, point, because that means he can he 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 can choose use anyone, choose anyone. We we don't have to be extra special uh, 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 for God to to choose us and work through us. Amen. Yeah. Last thing I just wanted to encourage us with um, before I close is from First Samuel chapter sixteen, uh, verse seven. And I, as I, I I felt this on my heart and I put it in. Um, uh, on, on my notes here, uh, I, I, should have, I realized I should have said it before Sumi got up. Listen to it. It says, The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, for I, <laughs> because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Uh, I was like, that's a good scripture for Sumi. Uh, but... But uh, the, the reason why it came up for me is I was really just encouraged and challenged. I mean, uh, Sumi did a great job, but she's not uh, maybe a, um, uh, entertaining like I can be sometimes, you know. Uh, you know, and, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of people, <laughs> like the people, a lot of, like for a lot of people, when you look at their YouTube playlist with regards to uh, teachings, it's the energetic, enthusiastic entertainment like, you know, we're not, like, but that's not what, that's not ministry often. It's entertainment. Um, and often we judge by the appearance. And this is what God is saying. It's like man looks at the outward appearance. So the outward appearance is, is important. And we grow in that. I've been doing this uh, a couple times a week for 14 years. So I, I kind of know how to do it even if I forgot my notes. Uh, and it's happened. <laughs> I've had, I've stood here even in Rondebosch and my, my tablet won't sync with the computer. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. Like, and so then I just go on. Get on with it because I don't need notes. But I like notes because it's systematic, you know. But anyway, the point is, is like the outward appearance is important. We need to make sure like we have people up on stage when we have a band, people that can sing. 
Because man is looking at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what's more important is what's going on in the heart. And, you know, you can, you can listen to uh, 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 maybe the first or second message that Sumi's ever done. I don't know if this is the first or the second one. First message that she's ever given and go, well, that wasn't really that well packaged and I wasn't entertained. And you miss out on the gold that was in it. And yeah, years back, actually about three years ago, four years ago, I think, we had a church planting school that I organized, and we had it in Alabama, in the United States. And a couple different big boys, as I would call them, came in to teach at it. And uh, a couple of grace lifers went. I can't remember who, but a couple of them went. And it was an amazing week of just digging into God's heart with regards to church planting and equipping people. And there was one guy there in particular, a graduate from a Bible college in the States, um, who, who came to, to the church planting school, and um, I remember him being outside of one of the meetings when we were having a time of worship and stuff like this. And there was a, 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 a guy ministering at that time um, who was um, pretty plain. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Like, you know, like a sports jacket, he would wear like a very plain one, like an old one. He's not very old, but it was an old man's jacket. Uh, and... Um, uh, <coughs> He's not that maybe physically, he doesn't stand out the way that he physically looks. He's pretty plain. I'm just painting the picture for you. And in his delivery of his messages, and he can minister prophetically and stuff, and he's not very, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyped up. Charismatic. He's, he's very just regular, you know. And um, then there's another guy who is in similar circles or was, that's the complete opposite. But he's a phony. And I've sat, I know both of them personally, and this phony one, like I realized, and I called him out actually, like to other people, and I said, this guy's not a, a legitimate. Um, you know, he reads you, and then he'll prophesy to you, and he'll kind of make you cry. And he did that to me. And I was like, this is amazing, like, Lord, this is phenomenal. And then afterwards, I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> this is where he read me. It wasn't prophetic, it was a word of sight. He saw this and then he did that and, and you know, so I kind of pieced the puzzle together. Anyway, this guy in Bible college, in the, 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 the church buying school, he was outside because he wasn't too keen on the, the plane, the plane, the minister. And I went outside and I said, you know, why are you outside? And I, I knew why he was outside. He said, no, I just need a moment. I, I'm struggling to connect with the guy ministering. And I said, I know you would prefer if it was that other guy, right? That's not you. And he laughed. He said, yes. That guy ministered to me, it was so powerful. I was like, yes, but what you need to realize is that sometimes the best gifts come in a paper bag. Like, you know, like we want to make the outside look pretty, so it looks like amazing, but I'm sure you've opened up a pretty packaged gift. And the packaging was better than the gift. Right? That's this minister's case, the, the, the other guy, the hyped up one. The packaging is better than what he has to deliver. Whereas the plain one is like, there's gold in there. There's gold in there. And so what I'm trying to say is, we must never just be moved by the appearance of something. We must be discerning and look past the hype and the excitement of things and go, what is God saying to me through this person? You know, if we were to have someone come up that, that really didn't appeal to any of us, it should be fine. <laughs> and we kind of like, okay, Lord, speak to me. I want, to, I want to hear what's on your heart for me. Amen? That's maturity. And that, so when we have those moments of, I can't stand this person, or I, I don't like the way they speak, or they look funny, or you know, fortunately you can't smell the person up front, except that the fans are coming from behind. Uh, <laughs> but like in, in moments like that, it's an opportunity to grow up, because you're like, okay, you know what? The smoke machine's not working today, but like maybe God can still pitch up. <laughs> yeah, we have to adjust our hearts with things like that. Amen. Great. I'm going to close off and pray for us. I also just feel something on my heart, so let's, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for, firstly, for Sumi and for just the input, the, 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 the effort that she made just in preparing and just sharing her heart with us, and we just thank you for that. And thank you for the, the truth that we all 
fellowshiped around tonight. And I thank you that we would take to heart even those questions that, uh, that were raised. <coughs> and that we would, we would allow ourselves to be challenged. We wouldn't just allow ourselves to be encouraged and let's go home. But we would be allowing ourselves to be challenged of how can I help build the family of God this year? How can I show more love to those in the family? How can I grow this year? How can I help others grow? I thank you, Father, that we wouldn't just be self-centered in our approach to this year and to church, but we would see how can we be a, like just overflow in blessing towards other people. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, have a, I had a picture, just while your eyes are closed, picture this. I just had this picture um, during worship earlier of like a room just filled, filled with cobwebs. And it's like a person standing inside the room and you're looking at all these cobwebs and they're kind of getting on you as well and stuff as you walk around. And it's just like, it's, it's just unpleasant and you're not happy with the situation. You, you kind of feel like you just want to get out but you know you're in the right room. And I feel like God's just saying, you know, He's put you where you are. If you, if you identify with that and there's a frustration and wanting to get out of where you are, I feel like the Lord is saying, He's put you where you are because you need to get a feather dust and you need to take those cobwebs away. You need to change the light bulb that's flickering. You need to, to get the broom and sweep up. Like you're where you are for a purpose and that is to make a change. So don't look at the, the environment or the circumstances. Look at your purpose. Focus on your purpose. Father, I just pray for whoever that is that they would not be moved by the circumstances but they would keep fixed on the purpose of why you put them there, where they are, in that environment with those people prickly people sometimes, <laughs> but that they would really just uh, get to work in do fulfilling their purpose where they are, Father. In the name of Jesus. I feel like there's a couple people that's, um, I know about, by, by natural knowledge, but I feel like there's a word for, maybe, the, the, maybe it applies to more than one, but there's people who are seeking direction. If that's, you just stand up where you are. If you're seeking direction from God, or just in general, you're seeking direction, I just want to pray for you, but there's a specific word I've got that's maybe for one individual out of all of you. But what I just had this picture of was, um, you know, you're sitting like at a table, and the, 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 I don't know what the person's title would be, but with someone with a crystal ball, and, you know, they're kind of like helping you kind of see the future type thing. You're looking into the crystal ball, wondering what should you be doing. And I just felt like God saying, you're asking the right, the, 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 maybe the right questions, but in the wrong place. You're seeking direction in the wrong place. And it's not necessarily from someone with a crystal ball, but I just feel like God's just saying, be careful who you talk to. Be, be careful who you get input from. Even the nicest people sometimes don't hear from God. And what you need when you're seeking direction is God's direction, not people's opinion. God's, opi uh, God's uh, 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 direction isn't always something that feels nice. Sometimes people's opinions feel better, but I just feel like the Lord's just warning you, don't seek people's opinions. Seek Him. And Father, I just pray for those that are responding to this, that they would speak to you more than they speak to people right now. That they would speak to you more than they speak to people about the decisions that they have to make. That they would stop asking people, what do you think? And they would start just waiting on you for an answer because you are wanting to show them the direction that they should go. I just feel like God's saying He loves you so much. He's a good Father, so you don't need to try and figure it out. You don't have to hope that whatever He wants for you is going to be good. It's only going to be good. 
It might look scary from this side, but when you're in it, He's there with you, so it can't be. Can't be scary. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just stand up together. Father, as we just stand together, I thank you that we are together your house. Thank you that we are your mansions. Thank you that you dwell in us. And that this week, as we, we go about our daily business, I thank you that we carry you wherever we go. We carry your love. We carry your power. And so I thank you, Father, that whatever challenges we come into contact with, I thank you that we can release life and power into those situations. Thank you that as we go into those, the, those challenging situations, we carry your love and your peace. And help us to be conscious of that and not forget that, Father. That wherever we go, you go. Because we're taking you there. Therefore, we will not fear anything. Therefore, we will not worry or be anxious for anything. Because we've got a good Father who has said He will never leave us and He will never forsake us. We just thank you, Jesus. We trust this teaching has blessed you and enriched you in your faith. We want to invite you to contact us, whether you need prayer, whether you have a question. You can contact us online, www.gracelife.co. That's www.gracelife.co. You can find a whole bunch of free teachings online. You can also find out how to partner with us should you wish to support this ministry. And you can find out how to contact us if you have a prayer request. We invite you to contact us, www.gracelife.co.